2: Hey, welcome back to the program. This you is dudes. your Check real estate history. chalk talk. We're broadcasting live from the Rack Shack Barbecue Studio here in Egan, Minnesota. H I T T N E R Group.com. H I T T N E R Group. Hittner Group dot com six one two six two seven eight thousand. Jared Hanowski's in the studio. Calvin Kamick is uh, gone again. Uh <laughs> apparently uh wandering around down in uh, Iowa someplace. So if he hopefully he doesn't get lost Not between here. here and there.
3: All right, for Jared, I want to just read this here. This is according to Freddie Mac, which sure. they—they're they always
1: about ten business days late. But
3: this is stats, right? Sure. So just sure. to keep all this stuff in perspective regarding interest rates, um, average highest highest average in seven years, yep. right where we're at right now. All right. But uh, interest rates last year at this time three point nine percent on average, okay, and right now four point nine. They say so between. High fours, low fives, depending on credit. Yep, depending, that's about right, a point, correct? Yeah, about a point. Yep. Now, being positive, oh, yeah. giving a positive perspective. Yep. Average rates, five point nine percent ten years ago. Yeah. So a point lower. Yep. Two thousand today, eight-ish. Then yep. ten years ago, and six point seven, six point eight. Let's call it percent. Twenty years ago, another point higher. Twenty years ago, and ten point three percent thirty years ago. Yep. So.
2: Rates aren't so bad. Rates are not so bad. I bought a house that Keith uh, well spent a lot of time growing up in.
3: November of 1981, senior. Okay. Maximum comparative impact. Consider the 17.21 percent. Yep. Average rate of November 1981. Seventeen. I was born in '79. You yep. were born in '79, 70. right? Yep. So, exactly. 1981.
2: We bought when we bought the 84 ha- the first house in Egan, 86. It was we got twelve percent interest and that was really a great rate. Yeah. Wow, twelve percent bought on contract for deed, twelve percent, wow. Yeah. Everyone else is paying fifteen. Yeah. You know, we got out of twelve and then and then two years later we refied at ten percent. Thought I died and went to heaven, put a pool in <laughs> all the well all the savings.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure we didn't move there in eighty five? Uh I played egan sports in eighty eighty five okay well maybe it was eighty and I was five was years old because I was born in seventy nine kindergarten starts at five I went to school, at yeah, yeah, around school. yeah around school yeah round
2: school is cool
1: round school is cool baby all right well yeah, I mean rates are obviously they've gone up in the last year, and uh yeah, we'll see what they do in the next year they've kinda they go through stretches where they bounce up in a couple weeks and then they kind of taper off and and get settled into a, a certain area. So I'm hoping now that we kind of are sitting here for a while in between, you know, 4.875 and, and 5 and an eighth, You can get lower on that on some different loan products. Um, you know, I talked to our clients, you know, now on, you know, what you want your monthly payment to be. And, you know, and Kelvin and I had discussed this this week with Senior, just being a more debt manager. So if mm-hmm. you are selling a house and you're moving up to a bigger house, and you have, let's say, $80,000 in net proceeds from your sale, well, is it, does it make the most sense to take that whole 80000 and put it towards the new house for your down payment, or should you take a portion of that and maybe pay off some of your other debt that has higher payments, depending on- And,
2: and much higher rates and payments, right? right? Right. So you
1: have to look at the whole picture of your debt load, mm-hmm. see what makes the uh, make sense. Um, I still think it's a, you know, a good time to buy. Rents are going up, so if, if you're renting, I mean, south of the river, if you're trying to rent a house that has three bedrooms- you know, two baths. I mean, what do you guys guess for that? you are over eight, 2000 a month. Yeah. Well, it depends on if it's a single family or... Yeah, but like a single what family, you? you're what? not going to be any less than 1800 bucks. Yeah,
3: 1800 is a pretty common number. If, right. If you're in southern portion of the metro or even your western and eastern suburbs of Woodbury and Plymouth and things like that. Right. Uh, what do you get for your townhouse? 13, 1395
1: 14, Yeah, $1,300, $1,400. Bucks. That's two bedroom? Uh, Two Three. bedroom, two bath. Yeah, yeah, but you could buy that. and I mean, your payment would probably be well it would be under that it would sell for i would guess 170,000 or so um maybe right
2: keith <laughs> yeah after some work we we'll get you 190 <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so <laughs> i got to yeah. gut the kitchen though and then yeah. fix the bathrooms up and paint and carpet the whole thing <laughs> Heck <but> we... no <laughs> um but yeah interest rates have gone up a little bit uh they're still actually this week they've improved a little bit, so we're down into the high fours.
2: Aside from interest rates, what do you see as the biggest challenges that, that you have now in the in the market from the on the mortgage side of things?
1: Um, I mean, always credit is an issue. Whereas, uh, you know, I guess if your credit is a little dinged up, we still want to talk to you. We work with a ton of buyers where we, you know, have our initial consultation, and then we we'll give them instructions. We don't charge anything. You know, we're not a credit repair company, Mm -hmm. but we'll still sit down with a client and say, hey, look, you're not ready to go now, but in six months, here's the steps that we need to take so you're prepared down the road. Yeah, no, if you do these things, you'll be ready to go. Right. And And some of the credit items, I mean, it's not rocket science, right? And Uh Like I said, we're not going to charge you a fee up front to sit down with you, look at your credit, and tell you what you can do to... to... Do you
2: see that that credit uh, uh, issue or the requirements are becoming more stringent, less stringent, or are they kind of just staying the I same? I think they're
1: staying about the same. Okay, You know, I've heard in, you know, you see type of articles out there that they say it's getting less stringent. There are some products out there, you know, where you can get some different type of stuff done, but those are always products that we call them portfolio or mm-hmm. they're through a different channel. So you're, you're going to be subject to higher interest rates. Mm-hmm. 90% of the loans are probably even higher than that that are done in the United States or either through... Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, who back conventional loans, or FHA VA, um, which is through Ginny Mae, but that's government, you know, that's backed by the right. government. So that's your kind of your majority of loans. Mm-hmm. We can do some stuff for some self-employed people, all different types of programs, but that's going to be through a portfolio lender. So you're going to be subject to a little bit higher interest rate, but it might give you an opportunity to get into a house.
2: What about the differences that you find between of the different competing loan products. I mean, because like you said, you've got, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie and Fannie and Jenny Mae, you know, they, they actually house most of the loan portfolio uh, and sell it off to whoever they, they sell it off to. But then you've got all the major banks, you know, and all that stuff who are all generating loans Yep. And and offering on the wholesale or retail side, what's the difference between all that? I mean, w- aren't they all kind of the same? I mean, the, I, I'm thinking. My perception is is that the public sees that as a pretty commoditized, homogenized group. Is there is there any truth to that, or is there other yeah, differences? I mean, everyone
1: selling them to the same spots, so they're right. all through Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. And
2: all following the same guidelines. All
1: following the same guidelines. Some banks will have what are called overlays. So mm-hmm. some bank might add a guideline in that they see a little bit more risky, so mm-hmm. they're not going to do. That's one advantage that we have as a correspondent lender. We work with, you know, eighteen different correspondent lenders and about fifty different wholesalers. So, you know, if you come to me and I can't do it with this bank, well then I'll just move it to another bank.
2: Do you see uh different uh investors or banks? And
1: what's different there though, real yeah. quick, is that
3: if you go to like a Wells Fargo or U.S. Bank or Bank yeah. of America or something like that, and they say we can't do it with this bank, well, that bank is that bank. Yeah, they're yeah. At the captain of the they're conversation. Just, that,
1: that's it, right? So,
2: and I was going to ask you, do you see banks coming in and out of the market? Like at some time, uh, you know, a certain investor might be more aggressive, because like SunTrust or Freedom. They, right. or, yeah, they'll
1: pray I mean, as far companies. as pricing. They'll offer better pricing when they want to gobble up some of the market and mm-hmm. get some more loans sent to them. Mm-hmm. They definitely will lower their pricing, and then you're sending more loans to Chase or to SunTrust or to Wells Fargo. Um, and there's always new uh, portfolio lenders or wholesale lenders coming in with different products, mm-hmm. trying to get you know some different products in the marketplace. That's Are they going, going
2: after them. niche markets then or...?
1: Yeah, as far what the portfolio lenders are. So they're offering, you know, bank statement programs where, you know, we're just looking at a self-employed uh, person's bank statements. They might have a business where they have a lot of write-offs. They don't show much income, but we can take their bank statements and generate income off of that. Um, and then other products where there's less down payments Compared to your standard Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac products, do you
2: find that different investors have products that are better or worse for a different uh, industry? I'm just thinking now. You talk about self-employed. So, so how about if you're gonna if you're looking to build a house, then you'll probably this group of investors is a better place to go. If you're you're self-employed, doing a repair shop we're going to move you over here. If you're a teacher or a doctor or someone, you're going to move you in this direction. Do you have lenders or investors? Specialized?
1: Yeah, specialized lenders, especially, you know, and it depends all, it's impossible to tell because people will call us and they don't, want to give us maybe all the information. So it's super important to give your loan officer all the information. If you call somebody and just give them half the story, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to run into problems. If we get the whole picture, it's just like going to the doctor. The doctor can't tell you what's wrong with, you know, you if you're not telling him everything. So we need to know everything, analyze everything, and then we can usually find a home for your loan.
2: What's the most exciting thing that you have right now in your industry, the thing that you're looking forward to? Boy, this is really kind of a sweeping change and we're really excited about it because we can implement this in the in our business in the in the next year well i don't know
1: but we had a big change yesterday in a guideline something with student loans on conventional loans they basically they're cutting those what we have to put in for a monthly payment basically that got cut in half okay so i think that that'll help in some situations where a client couldn't use conventional financing because of these student loans they had out there Mm -hmm. whereas now they might you know, might qualify. So I don't know if it's a huge sweeping change, but it's a guideline change for the better.
2: Yeah. And the student loans uh, and the student loan debt burden that people have yep. has been a problem right, for people. I mean, it, it, it knock them right out of being qualified uh, right. to purchase a home. Uh, they still got to pay it back, though. I mean, it's not like the debt isn't out there.
1: Right. That's the thing. The student, amount of student loans that we see on people's credit reports is crazy. Um, yeah. And FHA used to not include a payment. In the calculation, if they were deferred out more than 12 months, but mm-hmm. they changed that about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So we have to include a payment, which in all actuality makes sense. Because, sure, good I idea, mean, right? you know, that payment is coming. So it we have coming. to factor that right. into their debt ratios. Cool, cool. All right, guys, we got to go. That's good. Thanks, Jared. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep.
3: Log on to hitnergroup.com, connect with us online. H I T T N E R group.com.
1: That's it for this week.